This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. This is the Annie Fry Show. It is the day after Christmas show. We are all excited to be here. Annie's got the day off. Brad has the day off. Uh, Lee and I are in the studio right now, and Ryan Wiggins is making us hot chocolate. I like this when the after-holiday show, when you come in and you do that. One of the other things I like is you get to talk to people who I find are just amazingly intelligent, and they are plugged in on stuff that I always appreciate their knowledge. And Jim Carafano is one of those guys who definitely uh, checks that box. Jim, how are you, sir? Hey, it's good to be with you. I'm I'm a little uh, I don't get any hot chocolate, so I'm a little little teed about that. But you know, I, I yeah. understand. But I and as good as this hot chocolate is probably going to be, I don't know that Damn it's much. worth coming to St. Louis for. You know, I'm just saying. And <laughs> as Mr. Wiggins hands me my hot chocolate right now, and I don't know, just Jim, it, it it smells pretty darn good. So yep, just rub it in. Just <laughs> well, let me ask you this: How was your Christmas? Did you have a good Christmas great. at least? I did. Thanks for asking. See, that that's a good thing. And you probably had hot chocolate at Christmas. I did, to See, be fair. That I, I just felt it. Because Christmas is a hot chocolate kind of holiday. Yeah. Um, you know, I actually, you know, this is a sad thing, but I, I went on, uh, I guess, the Fox News. It was just on Christmas Eve, like in the afternoon. And that. And and the sad thing was, as I was talking to the producers, I was leaving. I said, well, hope not to see you again, because it's, you're always worried that something terrible is going to happen on the holidays and the evil people are going to take advantage of that. So it's a terrible thought to kind of go home and say, gee, I hope I don't talk to you for two days. But <laughs> I well, appreciate you know, the sentiment, though. I appreciate why you didn't want to talk. And- yeah, but we we got through two days. But there's a lot of people in the last in the world that the last two days were not very Christmassy. This is true, but it seems like the the United States has finally decided to start fighting back on when people start attacking us. At least, would, would you say that's a first step? Uh, look, I, I th- this administration has always been incredibly risk The problem, the the fundamental problem that they have is it's all the same people in the Obama administration, and all the bad people in the world. They know the playbook. So it's like going to the game and knowing the plays the other guy's going to call. Wow. And so this administration really, it does try to, you know, buy off, you know, adversaries. And when that doesn't work, it, it's impulses to do the minimal thing they, they can to kind of make the problem go away. And if that doesn't work, they'll do a little more. And, of course, that allows your, your enemies to decide the pace of escalation. So that's where we're still seeing a war in Ukraine. Uh, it's, a, it's why we still see the Iranians. 
and the Houthi rebels kind of escalating with confidence in the Middle East, knowing that right now I think they feel they can handle any response from the U.S. Um, we, when we just saw this with news breaking about the, the Chinese balloon came over, the, Amer- the American government was trying to hide that it, that it really didn't want to respond to the Chinese threat. So, yeah, I'm not super. I, look, I don't think we're headed for World War III, but I do think we're headed for a lot of pain and misery because we're not responding to threats in a responsible, appropriate manner. It just makes you feel like they just put their head in the sand and say, it's all going to be fine. It's all going to pass. It's all going to be good. But it seems like she has already told him, supposedly, if you believe the, the rumors that came out of their last conversation, that China's taken Taiwan one way or the other. Yeah, I mean, it's like they allow terrible things to happen. And if they don't blow up, then they take then they think, oh, look, what a great job we're doing. We're managing them. And it's not true. And, you know, the, the number one area that or issue which is the worst is the border i mean anybody can go on social media and just see these innumerable pictures of just people flooding across the border and the administration has you know seemingly gone three years paid no political prices i just saw one of, of, a, of, a, of, a, of a coyote basically walking literally dozens of people across and somebody's filming him doing this and then when all the people have walked across he just kind of waves to them and he smiles like hey you know, to the camera and says, yeah, hey, you know, and then I'm going back to get another group. And uh, I, so I, I agree with you. I just think that this administration, I mean, head in the sand is exactly right. It's one of those kind of things where we had Congressman Luke DeMeyer on uh, last hour, Missouri Congressman Blaine Luke DeMeyer, and talking about it just seems like you're like, it can't get any worse, right? They can't ignore this anymore. And then it's like somebody from the Biden administration says, no, hold my beer. Watch this. Yeah, I like that. Well, I think I worry about the Middle East. I don't think we're headed for World War III, but I do worry about more violence and in particularly the incredible loss of American prestige and influence in the region. I worry a lot about the border. Um, I, I'm just waiting. Look, I mean, we are just wide open for a, a terrorist attack. We just are. Um, and so those are the two things that immediately keep me up at night. Uh, and, and what's most troubling about them is the, the administration game plan seems to be that it's all a game and they don't have a plan. I would agree with that. And I, I'm curious. So this is a question I've never asked. Uh, you, but and just the folks of the Heritage Foundation, right? Because you're a group of a lot of really smart, really plugged in people, which is why I always love the opportunity when I when I get a chance to talk to you or, or pretty much any of the folks from Heritage, because I learn a lot about what's going on. But do you guys ever get together in big groups and just talk about, and you probably do this every day, but do you get together in big groups and just talk about what's the biggest issue that you think we're facing right now? Well, you know, we do that all the time. And, and the important thing about, I, I think, our organization is we just don't talk to ourselves. Uh, we have people all over the country that we work with. I talk to people all over the world all the time. Um, you know, many of them texting me and emailing me on Christmas Eve because they don't do Christmas, so they're not worried about that. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I think people, different people have different perspectives. But I'll tell you the one thing that weirdly – the entire world shares, except, you know, for people like in Iran and China and, and Cuba, and, and that is they're fearful that America won't 
stand up and be Americans. Not, not the world's policemen, not the global babysitter, but just that Americans won't do the smart things in their own interests, which really in the end turn out to be best for, and I think that is the greatest fear. And in the, and the, the flip side of that is it's exactly what the Russians and the Chinese and the Iranians don't want us to do. They don't want us to act like us. It, it seems like my first election was Ronald Reagan in 1984. That was the first election that I got. So when I look at my adult life, Reagan was kind of the guy who always carried that torch. And the mantra has always been peace through strength for a lot of the reasons of what you're talking about. A lot of these other folks from around the world, they just look at the fact of, is there going to be a price that I'm going to have to pay if I do whatever I want to do? And, and right. I think what I hear you saying is the United States was always kind of the adult in the room that said, I don't have to be at war with you. I don't have to be, you know, threatening you. But as long as you feel that this great United States power is there, I'm going to at least think twice before I do anything because you do have the ability to smack me down if you decide to do it. And it feels like the rest of the world to what you're saying right now is going, I don't think that's true anymore. Well, I, I, I think you described it exactly right. It's kind of the world's safety net. We're a global power with global interests and global responsibilities. If we just look after our own, we are a natural check and balance against all the most evil people in the world. That's just factually what happens. And I think the, the, the kind of the magic that we saw in the Reagan years and, and in the last administration for that point is, we, you know, we don't have to go out and slay all the dragons. We're not nation builders or regime changers or war starters or warmongers. Right? And the other thing is, is being isolationist and, and sitting at home on your hands just lets the bad things come to you. So there's a middle ground there. There's a third way. There's, you know, a space between being an isolationist. Uh, and, uh, and, 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 and being a world conqueror. And when America occupies that space, the world really is in balance. And, and you, know, you know, we talk about climate change and all this other nonsense. The reality is, is people are going to be people. They're going to seek human flourishing. And when you create that environment, you know, that, that's when positive things happen. And, and so all we, you know, the world will solve all the environmental problems, all the – and. But we just we just need to be the responsible citizens that we should be, even in our own country. And and this is the thing is this is the greatest doubt. It's actually not what's going on in the Middle East or in Ukraine or in Taiwan. They look and see what we're doing in our own backyard, um, unlimited illegal migration, um, incredible woke policies that destroy our communities, um, allowing people to, to to mutilate our own children in the sake of a political identity. That, that's where they really scratch their heads and saying. Hey, what's going on here? And 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 I know this is like, what are you talking about? There, we can't have 27 genders and 87 bathrooms. But you know, <laughs> right. just a few just a few years ago, we didn't have any of those things. And you know what? Everybody thought we were perfectly normal. It's very and true. So I think there is a space to go back to. Well, and it, it makes me think that, and, and this is a scary thought, and probably one that keeps you up, is the fact that uh, it feels like we've got a year, right? Because you've got to have a change at the White House. You've got to put, whether it's Trump or someone else, you've got to have a Republican back in the White House. You need to have a Republican Senate, Republican House. So it at least sends that, holy crap, these guys would actually do something if they're in charge type feeling that we're projecting to the rest of the world. But 
it, it makes me think right now that the rest of the world, based on everything that you just said, has said, we've got about a year to do whatever we're going to do before dad gets home and decides to break the belt out. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, our enemies aren't stupid. They want to win without fighting. So their, their answer is, is we will bank as much as we can over the next year. And then if, there, if, if America does, by some miracle, elect a sensible president, you know, we'll have to take a timeout. But, you know, hopefully it won't last forever. And, you know, another Biden will come along and we can go back to doing what we're doing. So the sad thing is, is we pay for it. I mean, everything that's gone wrong in this country, the American taxpayer has been built for that. Illegal immigration, the world's largest human trafficking network, you're paying for that. Inflation, you're paying for that. Debt, you paid for that. So we, we pay on both ends. We pay to create the problems, and then we have to pay to fix the problem. That's a little frustrating, but, um, you know, that, this is the reality in which we live. And, and honestly, I'll just end on this because I, I, I wouldn't have it any other way. I think this is the best of times for this country for the simple reason that I have two very distinct choices of where to go in this world. And I think that's the best time for democracy. You, you get to, these, are, these roads are going to very different places. You get to pick your future. And, I, and, and that's a miracle that not many people on earth get to have. That's very so, true. And, and you, you couldn't be more correct about having clear choices. You saw where we were. You've seen where we are. Now you get the opportunity to say, okay, I test drove that guy and I've test drove that guy. Here's where I want to go at least for the next four years. And that, that feels like what it's going to be moving forward. Is that fair? Yeah, I, absolutely. Well, hey, thanks for having me. Have a happy new year. Talk to you guys soon. Jim, we okay. appreciate the, the time. That's Jim Carafano from the Heritage Foundation spending some time with us on this after Christmas show today. Always good to sit down and, and have a conversation with that guy. This, I can only imagine sitting in the room at the Heritage Foundation, folks, and getting an idea of what that conversation is going to feel like. Because you have an awful lot of smart people in the room who are very well informed. And uh, they definitely get the opportunity to, to talk through the issues of the day, which we will continue to do. Mike Elam sitting in today for Annie Fry. It is St. Louis's home for conservative talk on 97.1 FM Talk. Talk.com slash Annie. It ain't no joke. I like to buy the world a token. Teach the world to sing in perfect harmony. And teach the it world is the Annie Fry Show day after Christmas edition. Mike Elam sitting in for Annie today. Ryan Wiggins is back and Lee is here as well. Drew is outside making sure that uh, uh, no one is able to get into the studio without our permission today. Yeah, so, he's just working security. That's right. He's, he's <laughs> out there. He's there standing with a scowl on his face. Hey, our YouTube live chat poll today is, does a third party stand a chance in the 2024 election? Yes or no? I am going to say more than ever. You're this not year. supposed to answer. Oh, yet. I'm not. Oh, you looked at me like you wanted me to answer. No, so. I was just saying. I'm. I'm just kidding. More than ever. More than ever. A third party candidate has a better chance this year, and the answer is still no. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a lot of people that are gonna. I think there are a lot of people that are open for a third party candidate this more year. Than ever. I agree. More than ever. I. I think there are so many people that are just like man. Brewster's Millions is the the movie that I go back to with Richard Pryor when he's like, vote none of the above. I think there's an awful lot of people in this country that are just willing to say, I want none of the above. I think, though, those people generally are not going to show up. I don't think they're going to vote either. Um, does I don't it... think you're going to have 150 million people vote like you did. No, I don't think it'll be a high turnout election. 
and part of that is because I th- if it's Biden Trump, yeah. Because if it's if it's not, that changes things. That's true. But if it's Biden Trump, then so the average person looks at that, and I'm not saying that you and I are the average person, or even people who are tuned in right now between Christmas and New Year's listening to politics. No, on these the radio. are above average people. These are above average. People. Exactly. These people are are showing up and voting right they know what's going on but the person who doesn't pay that close of attention and just knows the names because they happen to both be presidents of the united states yes they are going to look at those candidates and go ah it's an easy out for me throw all the bums out you know the old line right and so i'm not i'm not going to show up or they show up and this is the question i had for you guys you know based on the question does it matter who the third party candidate is? Because right now you got RFK is is the main one, right? But Joe Manchin, I think his times he's got a better hurry because I think they're getting past the filing deadline in a lot of these states, and so I just don't see that he may be a contender. But RFK will be, and so does it matter that it's him instead of Manchin or somebody else? I, I think yes, that matters. I think if if the no labels party can put together. Two people that, uh, like, here's my guess, a Manchin and a Romney would go together on a on a ticket. Two middle of the road, they're not not really conservative or liberal. They're just kind of in the middle, right? And and they could go either way depending on what the subject is. And I think they're so milk toast that no one's going to get excited about them. And so nobody shows up to vote for them, right? So, uh, but that's kind of who I see the no labels party going after. They want an uber moderate ticket for for people to go vote for. But uber moderates just don't go anywhere. Like you don't win if you're a moderate. Generally speaking, you'll get killed in the primary, and you'll me- you'll never make it to the general. Which is why, to be honest with you, I'm kind of surprised that more candidates don't file as independents. Because if you file as an independent, then you skip the primary and you go straight to the general election. And I'm surprised if if you're, let's say you're a uh, you're a moderate liberal in the city of St. Louis. If you're a moderate liberal in the city of St. Louis, you're going to get killed if you're running for uh, a general election, or uh, you're going to get killed in the primary. So. I'm surprised you don't just file independent and take you straight to the general. Yeah, but then the smaller the race, the more nobody knows who you are anyway. And so they're going to vote based on the D or the R next to your name because they don't know who you are. I guess it's fair. And then the bigger the race gets, they might know your name, but there's no money. <laughs> so it's it's kind of a you can't really do one or the other. You almost have to pick one side. So we're pretty much destroying our poll. This will a third party stand a chance? We're we're pretty much telling you we don't think there's a snowball chance in hell that the third party can <laughs> but vote anyway. Well, do, yeah, yeah, I mean we yeah, always take whatever. we always take a side on these things. That's it doesn't right. mean we're right. I, I just I just believe that we almost always are. I, I would I would say most everybody in this country has got to be sick and tired of what we have. I mean for sure we've got to be sick and tired of what we have. I mean Leah, so we just talked about our lovely vice president earlier. Yes. We have that that soundbite. So just to prepare you for four more years, and could be, could be, if this ticket got reelected, this could be your president. Listen to this. We all watched 
the television coverage of just yesterday. That's on top of everything else that we know and don't know yet based on what we've just been able to see. And because we've seen it or not doesn't mean it hasn't happened, but just limited to what we have seen. What? I, I want to let you know that when I went Christmas shopping this morning and I was there at a store too early mm-hmm. and I didn't get good deals because they hadn't marked everything down yet. I was right. too early. That one of the things that I saw that if they had marked it down, I might have gotten. I was going to bring in the office today. Was a board game called Venn Diagrams. <laughs> I love Venn Diagrams. And we were just going to do a segment figuring out how to play the game Venn oh Diagrams and playing Kamala Harris clips. I've never might heard, have been Wiggins America. Uh, Kamala Harris is the only person I've ever heard who said, I love Venn Diagrams. And she says it a lot. She does. Uh, she, she's got a, like a go-to list of things that she says. And she keeps pulling them out from time to time. And she applies them, and it doesn't matter what the circumstance. Oh, here's my crutch phrase. I'm going to throw that one in. Like, it doesn't matter if it's happened or it hasn't happened. It still happened. Yeah, it's funny because these kind of things, everybody does them. The gaffes that President Biden has, the ones that Kamala Harris has, Trump, George W. Bush. I mean, these people, they have their famous way of speaking and the things they fall into. Yeah. It's just that once it becomes common that you do it over and over again. You know, one time it's a funny clip. Yes. Two times you're starting to have a trend 50 times and it's who you are. (laughs) (laughs) That's where we're at with both the president and the vice president is that you wait not to hear what they say, the substance of what they say. You wait for those things. True. Which is sad. And this is an opportunity. This in the past had been a place where comedy stepped in and made a caricature out of that thing. Right. But they won't do it to these people because they're sacrosanct, because they don't want to hurt them politically, because really it's all about power at this point. It's not about comedy. I think they're really afraid to do anything with Harris because she's kind of that third rail, right? For the left, at least, and and for those late-night comedians that we used to watch. But does anybody even watch late night TV anymore? No, not really. I, I, the ratings are, are almost to the point that, I mean, not to belittle Gutfeld, but he's beating most of them. I actually watch Gutfeld. I will watch his show, but, but his show is really a, a panel discussion on the issue of the day. And here's the deal, because we happen to be the Annie Fry show and Annie and Brad have made tremendous relationships with a lot of the people from Gutfeld. We've never had Greg Gutfeld on, but obviously we talk to Tyrus every week. Right. Um, We may have had Kat Timph on at one point. I don't remember. I may be wrong about that. I know they've been talking about it and they really want to get Greg on. But all the writers, Joe DeVito, Joe Mackey, um, Lisso. These guys have all been on the show, and to the point they're almost regulars, they if you are. call them, which is cool. And one of the things that when they come on the show now that we talk about, I mean, we talk about just comedy and, and current events and stuff, but then either when I, like, I sneak a question in or when we're walking around the <laughs> lobby, I'm like, tell me this, tell me that, tell me this. So I talk to them about the business of what they're doing, and I ask them, like, how does it run? You know, Because they, they don't run that show live. They tape it. Right. Just like all late night shows do. Exactly. And one of the things that I've gleaned from talking to those guys and from just listening to Greg Gutfeld do interviews about his craft, 
um, because he's on the radar now, and people like Variety have to go, well, one of the kings of late night is Greg <laughs> Gutfeld. So they kind of they hate him, but they have to at least talk to him once in a while to just show that they're in the business. Does it not surprise you that Greg Gutfeld is the late night leader? Well, he's always one or two right now. But yeah, I, I think it surprises him as much as it surprises anyone. Totally. I, I've got to think that Gutfeld's got to get up some mornings and just go, I cannot believe I'm pulling this off. Oh, doing the underdog thing works great for them. I agree. But the, the, the point of what I'm saying this is that when I talk to these guys, what they can't believe is that you consider two, three writers maybe is all you have. And some of those writers are on the show, like right. Mackie and, and Joe DeVito. Like, they're regularly on the show. Tyrus is one of them, Cat Timp, and the other ones that, you know, so a lot of them are just Fox other guests. What they say is they can't believe that they're competing and beating late night shows that, A, get huge guests. Right. And they cannot get, because they're right wing, they can't get these celebrities other than here or there to come on their show. They just can't. They're making inroads, but they're not quite there yet. The bigger they get, the more they will. The other one is that they have a writing staff of like two people, and they're all panelists. <laughs> the writing staffs of these shows are big. They are dozens of people yes. that are there to write a monologue and prepare. And you can see they have a studio audience. They, sh they show them sometimes. They've got all these interns. Greg Gutfeld has none of that. They literally use their writers as panelists. They do. Like, it's so much lower of a budget show. In Greg's words, I'm not, like, projecting this. He's like, look, we get ratings that nobody else can get based on money that nobody is in the investment that people put into us is so much better than the investment that NBC is putting into their shows. Oh, and by CBS all means. Because it's so much bigger. Return on investment is so much better in the Gutfeld show than it is on these other shows. I mean, like you said, you've got that huge studio audience. You've got all the writers. Everybody's got a band. Well, that's true. I didn't they, even think about the band. They have a band. <laughs> yeah. And I yeah. bet the band makes more than everybody on Gutfeld's show, minus Gutfeld, right? If you put everybody else together, like The Roots is still the band, I think, on The Tonight Show. I'd say that because I haven't seen The Tonight Show in, like, years. At the only piece of trivia I know about The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon is that The Roots are no longer on it. Oh, are they not? They had a falling out, and I think they tried to sue the show. Oh. And the only reason I know that is because I've been to Universal Studios and the Jimmy Fallon ride that they have there, the late night ride, Wait, they still a, has the roots on it. They have a ride? They do. And it's actually pretty good. Really? Yeah, it's that it's, it's, you fly through New York like you're racing Jimmy Fallon. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. yeah uh, so then Jimmy Fallon just had that whole big thing because uh, I, was, I was seeing a thing this morning of the biggest uh, scandals that happen all year long. Right. So you have a list of, of pe famous people who died. Yeah, I do. Right. Well, now. actually, Leah said famous people or didn't you said no, just people from all <laughs> over the world. Everybody who died, who died <laughs> in 2020. Everyone who died, yeah. in the, the hundreds of millions of people. Ryan, Ryan has a list. Yeah. But uh, you had all these scandals and Fallon was one of them that he's being sued by his people for creating a hostile work environment and evidently doing just crazy things that that people are like. Wait, what? What did he do? 
because you're Jimmy Fallon. You're supposed to be the safe, clean comedian that everybody likes. And it, it's funny how people are so different off camera than they are yeah, on it, camera. I mean, it catches up with you eventually. Yeah. A lot of times it takes a while. Yeah. Because people don't want to lose their jobs, lo and behold. <laughs> they don't want to come out against their very, very famous employer. But you do it long enough, and then that cycle of people's run through, and they're not on the show anymore, and then they're willing to do something about it. Well, it's it. like Lizzo was always, you know, she was the one who was uh, sticking up for for larger women, right? And stop the body shaming and all that. And then she got sued because she fired one of her backup dancers because she evidently put on too much weight. That's right. And I'm like, whoa, what? (laughs) I mean, couldn't you have found another spot for her? Because you would think that's going to be real. That is not on brand, as (laughs) as the expression goes, right? That is not on brand for you to be able to do that. But it's been it's it's a paradigm shift of entertainment is what's happening. Right. And it's primarily because of streaming, although not entirely. Um, but you are seeing they call it the parallel economy where you have the mainstream media, mainstream entertainment that exists in one area. And that has been the dominant media. And now you have other pop ups that are starting to make money and be successful, like, for instance, Lady Ballers, you know, the Daily Wires movie that came out that has been very successful and these things now completely exist outside the Hollywood system and they're making an impact. And this is, this is what that looks like in the transition period where you have things popping up that little groundhogs going, Hey, wait, where'd that come from? You know, that's outside the the norm. And so it's going to continue to happen probably more and more. Well, you've got these things you talked about Tucker Carlson before, and we could talk about that on the other side of the break, but just a, it used to be you built your way up on network television, and that's where you got your audience, and that's where you made your money. And if you ever lost that job, you just kind of drifted into obscurity, and nobody really knew what happened. Now, you use that as a way to build your name and build your audience, and then you want to get away from network TV, and you want to go do your own podcast, or in Glenn Beck's case, You start your own sideline network Mm -hmm. called The Blaze, and then you have all your own people, and you do all these podcasts, and he makes millions doing his own network that isn't on television. So you you get that, and now you've got Tucker Carlson that's got his tens of millions of followers, and he uses that and goes direct to consumer. Yeah, you just don't have the same gatekeepers as you used to because as much as we rail against social media and the Internet— it really is kind of the libertarian dream of opening it up to anybody who can succeed. Hey, you work hard enough. You put up enough content out there. You do something dumb enough. You're going to get attention. And that's the way it works. And in a way, it really is beautiful because the gatekeepers don't have as much power as they used to. They don't. I mean, I remember Joe Rogan was a, a bit player on news radio. Mm-hmm. I think when I first knew who he was on that TV show and then all of a sudden, I lose track of of Joe Rogan. Fear factor. I see. Yeah, that he was the pops, other thing. He, he pops up on that kind of stuff in doing his show, and then he he disappears from Fear Factor, and then he evidently he's doing MMA stuff, and I'm like, how did Joe Rogan go from this side role on a TV show to doing Fear Factor, and now he's the MMA guy, and then he disappears out of my my view. And he starts his podcast, and arguably the largest podcast of listeners in the United States. And he's making more money now than he ever has doing any of the mainstream stuff. I can't imagine. You do a three-hour podcast every day, 
and you just talk about whatever you want to talk about, and you you cuss, you swear, well, it's the same thing. So you you use foul language on a regular basis. You really have no holds. You can do whatever you want. And it, it's libertarian, as you said. It's very freeing that you could do that. And you can just kind of take over and do the whole thing. I mean, we have limits, obviously, as to what we can talk about uh, here in terms of language that we use, because the FCC is going to dictate that, yeah. right? Um, or if you use different pieces of music that you're not supposed to, YouTube's going to shut you down. So you have you have different things like that that you have to be careful of. But it's funny on these podcast things that they just kind of roll, man, and, and they could do a little bit of anything. Hey, I want to catch up on who died uh, on the other side of this break. So let's catch up and, and talk about that because I haven't seen that list yet this year. It's, I mean, it's it's an entire year and it's, I've actually got them categorized by whether you were a musician, a politician, you know, kind of what world you're famous in. Kind of want to see if you remember it, I, this. That's why I'm curious because yeah. there's, there's always people who pass and I'm like, ooh, I forgot they yeah, died. Yeah, for a day, you're like, oh, and then you move on. There's a whole a whole game called Alive or Dead. We can, we can play that if you want. It's on the other side. Mike Elam sitting in for Annie Fry today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. On St. Louis' home for conservative talk, 97.1 FM Talk. So Eddie is off today and the day after Christmas, but Leah Ryan and I are here. Drew's running security outside. I just like saying that. I was surprised that there is a, a guy who actually does security out front now mm-hmm. when yeah. I come in. Yeah. Not get, not to do all the inside baseball stuff. You but, get grilled you know, on the way in. Yeah. Who are like, you? Hey, you're you're not here very often. You're a, you're some sort of politician. You're not a radio host. Who <laughs> are not, you? You're not supposed to be here. Who led you in today? It's funny, you run into people in the hallways. Like you, when, when we're in a break and I'll run down to the kitchen to grab um, some water or something, there's, what are there, six radio stations in this building? Something I, I like think, that? I think so. I think, I think there's six radio stations <laughs> in this building right now. So you run into all kinds of people that, that you see uh, in the kitchen while you're there. And uh, ran into Chris from KMOX while we were there and talking to him. He's like, hey, how many people are working on your station today? <laughs> like, well, actually, some, everybody, it, everybody's Pretty working. Much. Everybody who's here is working. The full Mark Cox show was here this morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, Reardon will be here this afternoon. Uh, we got everybody except Brad and Annie here today, which I'm very thankful about. <laughs> Otherwise, I would be at home uh, on my couch. But I will. And you hate that. Yeah. I, what? <laughs> 
Are you complaining or no? <laughs> I actually like getting out of the house. It's it's actually, this is a lot of fun for me because it's not my regular job. So it's something that I get to do on the side. One of the four jobs that I actually have, mm-hmm. which my wife's like, the word you're looking for is no. Just because someone asks you to do it does not mean you need to say yes. I'm like, that's that's some wise counsel. In your old age, to. you'll learn that. Maybe. <laughs> or I won't get to old age. One of the two. Although, tomorrow, I'm bringing my father with me, who is here. So my 91-year-old father is going to join us tomorrow. And if he does what he did last year when I filled in, he will sit here for three hours and not say a word. I'm like. That's me. That you're, you can sit here with her. <laughs> yeah. Well, you've already outpaced him, though. That's yeah. it. Just you've based already on said that. more than that. There you go. Hey, so let's get to your list. People who have passed away in 2023. Anybody okay. Anybody on that list that you went, oh, wow. Well, I think because I, I, you forget how long a year is. It's true. And you hear this person, you go, oh, that was just this year. It's not as if you've forgotten, but you didn't realize that it was within yeah. the last 12 I months. I thought that was a couple years ago they died. Let's start with uh, newsmakers slash politicians, okay. since that's kind of our lane. Do you remember anybody in the last 12 months? Can you name anybody within that world that has passed away? Oh, man. Unaided recall is horrible. Yeah, it's, it's hard. This is very difficult. So I know I'm, I'm going to say them, and you're going to go, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I know a lot of people wish that Nancy Pelosi did. Um, nope. But I, I, she is not on the list. She I, is I think she actually died years ago, but they just haven't told her yet. That's that's probably what's going on. Okay, I'm so sorry. that's your guess? No. <laughs> so let me, let me hear a name. Sandra Day O'Connor. True. Just happened. Just recently. Yes. Uh, this one was a was big news when it happened. Diane Feinstein. I had forgotten about Diane Feinstein dying, but that was just a couple of months ago as well. Yep, and that they thought, oh man, this is going to cause a lot of problems in the Senate. It really didn't. Nope, didn't affect anything. Um, they replaced her very very quickly. Um, Rosalind Carter. Yes, that was just recently as well. And the big name I think within this category was Henry Kissinger. Yes, who was one hundred years old. When I he think died. I think all of the people that you mentioned have all died since September. M- most of them have, I think. Well, <clears throat> when was Feinstein? I think Feinstein was October. Was she that recent? I thought that was earlier than that, but I, maybe maybe it was. But it it feels like it wasn't very long ago. Now this list is very extensive. I mean, they, they're listing people like Patricia Schroeder, eighty-two, Colorado's first female member of Congress. You know, these okay. a lot of people that you're never gonna. Here of. I'm just trying to pick the, the biggest names. Let's move to a different category, though, because I think that's that's mostly who you're going to know right. in the world of politics, uh, unless there's somebody else here that I'm like, oh, I, I just overlooked them. Uh, how about in the world of TV? So this is mostly stars that you would have seen in, in series. Okay. Anybody that comes to mind? Uh, no. Because there were a lot of them in this category. Alan Arkin, Raquel Welch, Suzanne Summers. I did remember Suzanne Summers dying. I didn't remember the other two dying. I don't remember Raquel Welch. I, I, I didn't know her that well. I mean, I didn't know of her that well. Cindy Williams from... Oh, Laverne and Shirley. Laverne and Shirley. I didn't know she died. I missed that one. Richard Belzer. I forgot that he died as well. Paul Rubens. Oh, Pee Wee Herman Pee-wee died Herman? this year. That's right. And 
thought was, oh yeah, I'm missing one more here. Was it was uh, oh no, I mean a big one I'm missing here. Have you figured it out yet? Sitcom no. star, no Matthew Perry. Oh, oh. that's true. That you again was recently. What was weird about the Matthew Perry thing is my wife and I uh, were listening to a book on a on a drive back on a long drive that we had. We were listening to Matthew Perry's book. I read that too. And then right after we finished listening to it, he died. Mm. And I was that, like, he just oh, came out wow. with that book within the last year or so, didn't he? He did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the book's only about a year old. Isn't that strange when somebody releases an autobiography or a, a biography that they've approved? And then they they die unexpectedly, like his, because it's not as if he they were he you know some people have terminal issues, and right? So they write, and you know, oh, this is their swan song. But that's that wasn't the case with him. I was just thinking about this the other day too. That Norm Macdonald did the same thing. Oh, I forgot about that. Now he didn't die this year, right? But he did the book and then died. But he did a book maybe five years before his death, and maybe he did know of some health problems, but I don't know that he. I don't think it was widely known. I, and and I don't know that at that point that he wrote the book that he would have known either. Because I remember reading Norm MacDonald's book just because I thought it would be interesting. Yeah. And it it's billed as an autobiography. Well, you start reading his book and you and the first couple chapters you're like, Dang, this is really interesting. This guy had a really interesting upbringing. He did. Then about halfway through, you start to question whether anything he said is true. <laughs> just, Did you in, just make this all up? In typical Norm Macdonald fashion, his own autobiography is probably half false. Well, but so, Lee, let me ask you this question mm-hmm. about Matthew Perry. Did, did you listen to his book before he died or after he died? After. It was like a month ago. Okay. Because in, in my opinion, after listening to his book, are you surprised that he's not with us anymore? Uh, yes and no. See, I I wasn't. After listening to his book, I was not surprised when I heard that he died. I was like, I could see that. I didn't think it would be an overdose or something. I thought his body would just say, tap it out, man. I'm done. Really? Well, that I, sounds like kind of what did happen. Yeah. Well, evidently he had whatever that ketamine is. Ketamine. Was. So he had, it sounds like he kind of OD'd on ketamine. Which is supposed to curb your cravings. Is yes. that right? So it's, yeah, it's kind of a weird. But it, it sounds like it was a combination of the ketamine being in the hot tub that evidently he kind of passed out and then drowned. It sounds very similar actually to what they said happened with Whitney Houston. Because Whitney Houston, it sounded like she just kind of went in, she passed out and went into the water and drowned when she was taking a bath. Oh, And he was in a hot tub, passed out and drowned. Similar way. But, I mean, when you heard about everything that he was taking while Friends was going on, I can't believe that guy could put one foot in front of the other, much less he could be on the leading television show did that not surprise you oh it was very surprising i it's yeah it was shocking and god just kept giving him chance after chance he did he truly had more than second chances that was evident actually mark reardon has covered matthew perry's death extensively i don't know what he's just very interested in or what but i've listened to mark talking about that issue and he cut together a bunch of clips from Hank Azaria one day. Yes. Who I guess was good friends with Matthew Perry. Rarely good friends. And 
he they didn't really get into a lot of the God stuff, but it was all over it. Like you could hear yeah. in, in what <clears throat> excuse me, in, in what Hank was saying that that he had had substance abuse problems too. And that Matthew Perry was taking him through kind of the, the this programs and saying, look, there's, there's help. And right. they would talk apparently about God together and say, look, this is your point. This is the whole point of everything. Right. And then kind of you get that straightened out and then you can focus on the details is, is what it sounded like. But another p- listener, by the way, just added to this this list, Bob Barker. Oh, yeah. You know, he uh, as a TV star. I, I want to move on just because we only got a minute here. Um Music stars, anything come to mind before I start listing them? Lead singer of Smash Mouth. Somebody mentioned lead that. Lead singer of Smash Mouth is one. I, yeah, I don't know his name either. It's probably on here somewhere. Uh, but the big ones aside from him, Tina Turner. Yes. Tony Bennett. Yes. Tony uh, Bennett was this year, wasn't it? Yes. I, yes. Wow. I was thinking Tony Bennett was actually last year. Here's a name that I've always heard in my, my life, but I don't know anything associated with him. Harry Belafonte. Yeah. What what is he famous for? Dale. Dale. Oh, that's him. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> Jeff uh, Beck is another one. I didn't realize Jeff Beck was this year as well. David Crosby, Crosby Stills and Nash, Sinead O'Connor. I remember you guys t- did a big thing on Sinead O'Connor when she passed. Yeah, I think those are the big Burt Bacharach. I don't that's another name that precedes me that I've yeah, heard his but, name a lot. <laughs> If you heard his catalog, you would go, I know all those songs. Really? Okay. Yeah. So okay. there, there is a lot of that. Yeah. Well, so we could touch on a few more of these a little bit later on. We're going to be here for one more hour. We're going to talk uh, Missouri House and Senate and what's going on in Jeff City uh, with John Weeman, former Speaker Pro Temp of the Missouri House. Uh, he's now the Vice President of Workforce and Strategic Initiatives at St. Charles Community College, speaking of people who have all kinds of stuff going on. So we'll talk to John a little bit later on after the top of the hour on 97.1 FM Talk. She don't give a damn for me. Interact with Annie on Facebook, The Annie Fry Show. Get more at 971talk.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. (laughs) 